When Maria Thetil was growing up, the closest thing the school kids could find to her was Apu from The Simpsons. And that had a huge impact on her sense of self, as did trying to work out where her sexuality fit into the norms that she saw all around her. Racism, sexism, homophobia. Maria was determined to make change. So she entered a beauty pageant. Maria is a South Asian Australian writer, model and content creator and her first book is called Unbounded, Manifesting a Life Without Limits. Maria, welcome to Life Matters. Thank you so much for having me and honestly, what a warm welcome. I'm just, I'm very grateful. (laughs) Well, it's a fascinating story. I wonder what made you want to enter Miss Universe because people were pretty quick to say, that's not for you, weren't they? Oh, massively, massively. And it's so funny because I guess all I have to say is, well, look at what I'm doing now. And that there tells you my intention to enter Miss Universe. Miss Universe was always going to be a vehicle. It was never going to be the end goal. I didn't want to be Miss Universe to be Miss Universe. I wanted to be Miss Universe because when it comes to having a massive media career or one with activism, no one's rushing to give women of colour who are saying some uncomfortable truths a platform. And so when I saw an Indian Australian lawyer win it the year before me, it actually made me check my own internalized misogyny about the platform and go, hang on a minute, I've been writing off this pageant and the women who do it, but look at what I've just seen, like you can be different and do it differently. And so I then applied knowing that if I get this, I'm going to be the kind of Miss Universe Australia that no one's seen before and I'm going to use it impactfully. And so here we are two years later and I think that speaks for itself. Well, I was fascinated by some of the comments that you got from from workmates and colleagues, you know, when you'd be popping into (laughs) the bathrooms and styling up and then coming out. Tell us what they said to you. Yeah, so I I guess at the time that I was competing, I was also working full-time for the Victorian government. I was a talent partner. And so by day, I'd be in the office working on the, you know, state's biggest infrastructure road project. And then by night, I'd go to the work bathroom after hours, quickly change into a beautiful dress and go off to a Miss Universe event. And so, you know, there were a couple of comments with my colleagues. It was quite fascinating for them because they didn't know anyone who was doing that sort of a thing. But I, I remember when I was a finalist, somebody made the remark of, well, do you think your chances are going to be hurt because they already have an Indian one? And so that to me was like, okay, it, it, it tells me that, you know, people do, whether they realize it or not, they are looking at me through a lens of race. And then people would say things like, but you're a smart feminist, you know? I wouldn't expect this from you, but, you know, it is nice that you've got this glamorous double life. And I guess it's just this proclivity to put things into boxes and see things as as black and white. And yes, Miss Universe has patriarchal roots, but I think you have to be able to think, well, how can I maximize this? Because it's not easy being a queer woman of color anywhere in the world. So I was ready to use the resources I had to turn it into something that serves me and my community. And I think I've done that. Well, and your relationship with your looks has been complicated throughout your life too, isn't it? So I I was just so interested to hear that you'd you'd chosen this platform as as a way of making change. Tell us a bit about how you felt about your skin and hair color in particular when you were younger, Maria. Yeah, well, I guess when I was growing up, you know, talking 1990s, early 2000s, there wasn't a lot of ethnic representation or, you know, black, indigenous or people of colour in mainstream spaces, let alone represented in beauty. And when people talked about Australian women, it was always the blonde bombshells, you know, like the beach babe, blue eyes, things like that. And so when I was growing up, you couldn't even get makeup in my shade in Australian supermarkets. So I would buy makeup that was three shades too light. But oddly enough... Hillary, I actually liked it because I thought, wow, like it's making me look more white. And then I bleached my hair till it was blonde. 
I wore blue eye contacts and I didn't realize it, but I was actually compressing myself into very racist ideas of beauty. I was trying to, you know, wear skin that wasn't mine. And so it took a very long time to unlearn that and realize that actually there's nothing inherently wrong with my skin. I've just grown up where I've been exposed to a lot of racism and a lot of exclusive ideas about what's beautiful, what's Australian, and I've internalized it. And so the reason I chose this platform and media, for some people it might be like, oh, like I, that's it's interesting. It actually to me makes sense because I've now been able to grant visibility for people that haven't seen themselves represented as Australian, as being beautiful. And I've been able to be the representation that I guess I needed when I was growing up, you know. Well, yeah, you're right. At one point in your youth, you felt you were nowhere to be found. How much have things changed when it comes to representation, whether that's online or TVs or billboards or whatever? You know, I do think we are making strides and, and you are seeing more representation on screens. I think the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020 was a massive social catalyst worldwide for a lot of organisations and brands to kind of go, well, we have to do better. But I also think that we had a lot of momentum with that movement and there was a lot of performative activism in that there were a lot of brands that put up the black square and you might have seen black or coloured models for a month. But then beyond that, um, I do think we have a way to go when it comes to actually increasing representation behind the scenes. Because as much as you want to see people on telly and on campaigns and things like that, well, do we have queer folk and women and women of colour and those with disabilities on, you know, your, your, your boardrooms? Are they in decision-making spheres? Are they in politics? Are they in business? Because if they're not the ones behind the scenes, then you've got people behind the scenes making decisions on behalf of communities they don't represent. And so until we have that, I think we still have a way to go, but it is getting better. And with social media, I think there is a lot of, um, there's an ability for people to be the voice that they once needed permission to have. Well, so talking about yeah, the, the, the idea of permission, the idea of constraint, the idea of these kind of assumptions that underlie how we live. Uh, we're speaking with Maria Thetil. Her book Unbounded is all about those and how you kind of smash them. And Maria, you also <laughs> talk about the stories, negotiating the stories that we're told about ourselves and working out what's true and what's not. Your family's story sounds like they smashed some stereotypes and made some change as well. Oh, massively, Hillary. And I, you know, we're, we're celebrating Sydney World Pride at the moment. I'm a Pride ambassador and rainbow champion. But I actually think my folks are the biggest embodiment of what it is to embody pride because, you know, my mum and dad, my dad was a, a Catholic priest. <laughs> so he was, you know, he met my mum, he fell in love, he left priesthood, but they grew up in conservative India within really religious families and a very culturally conservative context. So when they moved to Australia, they really struggled to assimilate here and accept a lot of the liberties, you know, around sex and, and lifestyle that they just didn't get. And so I grew up with very strict parents and feeling like I didn't fit in they never let me do anything um the typical teenage angst but you know they also didn't understand or have very inclusive ideas about sex and love and so when my brother came out eight years ago it was a very hard time for our family but my parents have been on a journey and i'm so proud to say they're actually our biggest allies now like my mom and dad were fronting a massive global campaign for ole where they talked about love 
helping their kids and they haven't given up their faith or their values. You don't have to. If anything, it enables them to live it more truthfully because they're living without judgment and with love. And I think that's beautiful. That that uh, idea of the model minority, the ideal migrant, is still pretty powerful yeah. in Australia, isn't it, Maria Thetil? And I mean, that stereotype requires migrants not to rock the boat too much. So how hard was it for you to get to this place you're in today where you are shaking things up around all kinds of norms and assumptions? I love your wording then because I think when I won Miss Universe Australia, I think the first thing I said publicly was I'm here to shake things up. (laughs) And it's funny because a lot of people are uncomfortable with the uncomfortable truths that I share. And I've been in rooms where I remember I just got back from Miss Universe. Mind you, I'd made the top 10 after campaigning on inclusivity and, you know, people removed the height barrier after I participated being five foot three, like five foot three. So short. (laughs) Like, and and it's it's average height, but you know, you don't see women of the average height in that space. So people, like you know I was like bullied relentlessly for being shorter and I'm like this is ridiculous but I'm going to do it and show you why that's why it is ridiculous but I remember sitting um I was at a dinner party and I had a man approach me and say that him and his friends were talking about how they wondered if I was selected because I have a diversity appeal and so they said you know because you, you speak on these things and it gets the right reaction and people are you know and I said to them I know you're not used to hearing these conversations in the mainstream, but this isn't a clickbait thing. This is the lived experiences of so many people that is finally getting the spotlight it deserves. No one's going to take it away or diminish that. And so for me, I'm very aware that when I say these things, it's uncomfortable for many. And some people are like, whoa, uh, I'm not used to hearing that. And that's okay. But it's not my job to appease these people. It's my job to represent my life truthfully and to speak up for the communities I belong to. So I'm aware that it's going to, it's not always easy, but it's all worth it when I get messages from people and they tell me how my work has impacted them. That's why I do it in the first place. So um, I get through it, yeah. Well, and you talk about belonging to communities, plural, because you do. I mean, you, you've got intersections of many different kind of types of belonging, types of identity. We're speaking with Maria Thetil. Her book is called Unbounded, Manifesting a Life Without Limits. She's a model. She's a, a Miss Universe Australia winner. She's a digital creator. She's a writer. And Maria, you, you're coming out as bisexual, one of those communities happened in a really public way. Tell me about that moment and what it meant for you. Yeah, so last year I had the privilege of being on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. It was nine months after I'd, you know, won Miss Universe. So it all happened very quickly. Felt very privileged to be there. And I was up there um, raising awareness and championing a charity called Minus 18. Now, I knew I was closeted, but I went on with the intention of being an ally for my brother. I spoke about him. And, you know, I didn't plan on speaking about myself because in all my interviews in the lead up, like, I never mentioned myself. I said, I'm doing this with my brother. I've seen his experience, what it is. But when you're in that jungle environment, it, it is so, it's an unnatural, you know, reality TV set, but you are feeling so real on there when you're connecting with people, you're stripped back. And I started to become very aware that I'm here to champion this charity and this cause. And I'm actually being, you know, doing a disservice to myself and the community by not being true to self. And one day it just came out in conversation with a friend. I didn't even tell the entire camp. I just told this one person. And I was like, oh, snap, I'm going to have to 
I'm coming out. <laughs> so <laughs> Here we are. Happened. Here we are. And so the producers were so great. They actually asked me, do you want us to take this out or do you want to leave it? And I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to put out a big press release to come out. The way people should be able to come out is exactly how I did it. Really safe, really casually, because it's something to celebrate and it's something that's normal. And so when it happened that way, it was beautiful. I got messages from people saying, Maria, I came out to my parents on the couch watching you because it was just so easy and seamless. And I was like, hey, me too. That's why you do it. And it was the most beautiful thing. It was received wonderfully. And a lot of people don't see, um, I guess, you know, especially Indian, Australian, or like Indian, you people from an Indian ethnicity, like in this sort of mainstream space talking about sexuality openly. We are very, um, I come from a very conservative community. So it's a beautiful thing to be able to be breaking those stereotypes. Well, yeah, and you make it sound so easy, but you also write very powerfully about how hard it was at many points during your life to kind of push back against these ideas of who you should be. Maria, we've got a minute left to chat to you. Uh, You wrote that you were interested in doing Miss Universe because you wanted to shake things up and use it to foster inclusivity. What would success look like to you now? What would make you feel you'd achieved some of the change you wanted to make? I think success for me always looks like the impact. And so this book, Unbounded, if you're listening to this, I promise you, if you get your hands on it, it doesn't matter who you are, you will find value in it because there are so many different things in there that will appeal to different parts of your life. Success for me is knowing that that book ends up going, you know, just ballistic worldwide and it gets into the hands of the people who need it. And if I can hear from them and know that I've helped them in some way change their life, that is everything I've ever wanted to do. So I'm, I'm so excited. Today's a very special day. It's the start of that. Well, people just listening to you talk are very, very uh, interested and, and grateful to hear you judging by our text line, Maria. Thanks so much for joining us on oh. Life Matters. Thank you, Hilary. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Maria Thetil. The book is called Unbounded, and she is a writer, speaker, model, digital creator, a slashy, I guess, all those things all at once. Really interesting to chat about uh, the effects of those stories we tell ourselves on our lives and how we can push back against them a little bit. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.